the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, believe it or not, the Cleveland Browns have officially clinched a playoff spot as of last night. They did that before the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, the Super Bowl defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs. They did it before them with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. That's like their fourth quarterback starting this season. Um, They're on like their fourth running back of the season. Uh, They're missing a lot of their good-ass offensive linemen. Um, I believe they're also missing uh, a really solid cornerback, if I I recall. So the Browns, I mean, I don't personally think they are a Super Bowl contender just yet. But to keep it quite real with you, um, with the way things have gone for them this season, I think making the playoffs in this fashion, hey, man, you got to give it up to them. And they did it before the Kansas City Chiefs. Who would have thought? Seriously, there's no way any of us at the beginning of the season were like, yeah, the Cleveland Browns are going to clinch a playoff spot before the Kansas City Chiefs this year. (laughs) Turns out it happened. So uh, yesterday, uh, Thursday Night Football, the Cleveland Browns kicked the shit out of the New York Jets, 37 to 20. This was not even close. I mean, this was an annihilation in like the second quarter, I believe, what were the Browns up, like 24 to 7, something crazy like that. I mean, it was just straight-up domination in all ways, shapes, and forms for the Browns. I mean, they forced turnovers. Uh, they they were scoring at will. They scored on the ground. They scored through the air. Uh, Joe Flacco had another good-ass game. He went 19 for 29, 309 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. David Njoku had 134 yards, and they just really dominated on defense as well. I mean, they, like I said, they caused a couple of turnovers. They had some sacks. And uh, honestly, the Jets were really lucky to even score 20 points um, as their season can't end soon, to, soon enough. I, I feel bad for them that they actually have to play one more week of football le- next week but uh, because they're so terrible. But that is how it is. And the Cleveland Browns are officially in the playoffs. How crazy is that? All right, so let's move on to the rest of Week 17. And uh, first, we'll get to uh, my head-to-head matchup with Simon Ruvalcaba. Um, unfortunately, he is—he's um, getting his ass beat by me. Um, he, his season also can't end soon enough because I'm just absolutely annihilating him. Uh, last week, I went nine and seven to uh, boost my record up to 154 wins and 86 losses. He went seven and nine, so he fell two more spots behind me. He's got 140 wins and 100 losses, so he is officially 14 games behind me. And um, as of this recording, he was only able to get me his uh, Thursday night pick last night, and he has not given me the rest of his picks for the rest of the week, but or for the rest of the weekend. But I guess that that's okay uh, because chances are that dude is not catching up. He's going to need a freaking miracle to catch up at this point. But that's how it's been because we've been doing this uh, now at what three, three? I think three. We're at three years. Um, of doing this, uh, the, our head-to-head picks, and um, I've won every single time. And uh, 
Yeah, and he he's a he works at a sports book, y'all. Isn't that crazy? He works at a sports book, and my bitch ass is uh, kicking his ass every year. But uh, you know he's a good sport, so uh, that that's always great. But uh, shout out to Simon to continuing to do this. But uh, unfortunately, we will not have his picks during the show. I'm sure he'll send me his picks at some point this weekend, and then I'll calculate them. But uh, as we know, a 14 game lead's going to be pretty difficult for him to come back to. So let's get to uh, week 17 and the rest of the games. Actually, um, he did pick the Jets last night, 27-17. to 17. He really only picked them because he knew I picked Cleveland uh, to win 28-10. to 10. So he had to kind of go another route. So he fell another game behind me. So now he's 15 games behind. Uh, so let's get to the rest of week 17. We do have us a Saturday night game uh, because uh, no Monday night football anymore. Um, like I said, the college football playoff is going to be on Monday. Hook them horns motherfucker but we'll talk about that on monday we will talk about that on monday um but anyways uh so there's no no monday night football this uh this week and there's usually never monday night football on uh the last week of the football season which is next week so we don't have any more monday night football so they pushed monday night football to saturday night football and that is going to be the detroit lions at my dallas cowboys right now the cowboys are a six and a half point favorite uh, the Cowboys are coming off of a two-game loss here. I kind of feel like the Cowboys and the Lions are very similar. Uh, they're two teams that can blow you out of the water, but they're both teams that just lose these stupid games sometimes. So I feel like they're the exact same team. Um, so with that being said, you know, the Lions are coming off of a big win last week. Cowboys, two-game losing streak, plus they're excellent at home. I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back this week. Um, I feel like offensively we're going to put it together. And then uh, defense, the defense has not been looking that great the last couple of games, so I think they're going to step it up this week, and they really need to because Detroit is excellent on the ground attack. And, um, and, and the Cowboys' defense has shown they are not that great at that, so they really got to prove something this week, and I feel like that's what they're going to do. I feel like the defense is going to take care of business. The Cowboys are going to uh, take care of business offensively, um, and I think it's going to be a close game to start, but I think towards the second half, Cowboys are going to start to pull away, and I have the Cowboys winning this one 31-20. Also of note, Jimmy Johnson is going to be inducted into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor, which is fucking fantastic. Shout out to Jimmy Johnson. He gave us some of the greatest years as Cowboys fans, winning Super Bowl 27, Super Bowl 28. We would not have had that amazing dynasty back in the 90s if it wasn't for Jimmy Johnson. So it's about time. Dude is getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. And uh, I'm sure just about every Cowboy who played for that team back in the 90s is probably going to be there uh, to support him. We know Troy will be there because uh, he is, uh, he's one of the, uh, he's obviously in the booth uh, during Monday Night Football. So he's absolutely going to be there. But uh, I'm pretty excited to see this just because it's been a long time coming for Jimmy Johnson. So I kind of feel like that's also going to give the Cowboys a big boost and uh, get that win. Heading into Sunday's games, our New Year's Eve games. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do the whole New Year's Eve thing. I'll, I'll be watching football all day and uh, probably asleep before midnight. But I'm also in Texas, and uh, usually the the fireworks are off and popping on New Year's Eve, um, especially if it's not raining or anything, which it's not expected to. But uh, you never know. Uh, but so I probably will be woken up by uh, fireworks at midnight, but usually I don't make it to midnight because I think New Year's Eve is el stupido. But anyways, let's talk about what matters most this New Year's Eve football. 
beginning with the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Right now, the Bills are a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I've been reading that the uh, the Patriots really do want to fuck up uh, the Bills' end of the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it a decent game. Um, just because Buffalo is, they're not dominating. Yes, they have won these last couple of games. They look like a legit playoff contender, but they haven't done anything yet. Everybody's hopping on this Buffalo Bills train, which I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but really in retrospect, they haven't been a consistent team all season long. So who knows what's going to happen with them, but I do think they're better than the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have just been atrocious this season uh they, they just can't do anything right and we're at the last two weeks of the season so it's really difficult for me to actually look at them and go yeah they're gonna step it up for this game um so I don't think they're gonna step it up for this game as a matter of fact I think Buffalo is gonna step it up in this game and actually dominate for once and I've got Buffalo winning this one 27 to 13. Then we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. Right now, the Bears are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, this is a terrible garbage team versus terrible garbage team. And yes, both teams are in playoff contention, but to keep it quite real, do any of us really see either of these teams making the playoffs? I sure don't. Um, with that being said, since they're both bad, I think this is going to turn out to be a good game. Uh, could be end up being one of those games where it's like a game-winning drive uh, for a touchdown or a field goal. And since Atlanta's terrible away and Chicago's actually been pre been playing very well uh the last month or so uh Justin Fields actually has really put together a solid um solid last hurrah here uh with the Bears and uh, I think the Bears are going to get the win 28 to 20 and we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts right now the Colts are a three and a half point favorite um I I expect this to be a battle as well uh the Colts have been very inconsistent this year as the Raiders have um, the Raiders are coming off of that big win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Defensively, they are top-notch, and they look really damn good. So I feel like this is going to be a battle, but I think the Colts, they're trying to hang on to one of these last wild-card spots. They have something to fight for, and while the Raiders are still in playoff contention, I don't really believe they're going to grab one of those spots. I think they'll make it an interesting game, but I think the Indianapolis Colts will get the win in the end, 23-19. to then we have the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants. Right now, the Rams are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Giants have been one of the worst teams all season. They've had their, their couple of games where they've blown people out and looked pretty decent. But other than that, that's not the case with this team. They are flat-out garbage in every way, shape, and form. And the Rams, on the other hand, they started off the season very rocky, but now they are an offensive powerhouse and I don't think they're stopping I actually think they're going to go rocking and rolling right into the playoffs um, and against the Giants which come on this is a shit ass team so I actually kind of feel like the Rams are going to blow out the Giants in this one 41 to 10 then we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles right now the Eagles are a 10 and a half point favorite uh, so far this week uh, Kyler Murray actually hasn't practiced He's uh, apparently sick, but uh, it kind of feels like it's so early in the week that he's probably not going to end up missing a game. Uh, but he he hasn't practiced, and that's uh, that's not good, especially when your team is terrible. Uh, the Eagles, they've had their struggles. Uh, they did get the win last week, but they barely beat the Giants. It wasn't anything dominating. And they really actually haven't had a really dominating game this season. I think that'll change, though, this week. I feel like they feel like they've been disrespected. Uh, especially after that three-game losing streak. 
Um, but it's not like they've really shown that they're the same team that they were. But the Cardinals are terrible. They have nothing to play for, and the Eagles have a lot to play for. So I think the Eagles are going to smash the, the Cardinals 30-14. to 14. Then we have the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now the Buccaneers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Both of these teams are in line for the division, so they both need this win. Um, and Tampa Bay has pretty much been on fire the last month. The New Orleans Saints have been on fire never. And uh, they, they just keep getting more and more shaky and rocky, and they just have no consistency. Whereas the Bucks, not that great of a team, but they've shown consistency the last month. Uh, I do expect this to actually be a shootout uh, between uh, David Carr and uh, Baker Mayfield, but I think uh, the Buccaneers are going to get the better of the Saints, and I've got the Buccaneers winning 33-30. to Then we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. Right now the Niners are a 13.5-point favorite. They're coming off of that really bad loss to the Ravens last week, so I feel like they're going to bounce back hard. Uh, Washington is terrible. Uh, they've been terrible all season. We all know Ron Rivera is probably getting fired at the end of the season. Uh, I don't know why they haven't fired him as of yet. Probably not much incentive to do so, I guess. Um, but uh, we know that's about to happen, as it should. Uh, this team's been terrible, but they've been terrible all season long. And um, the Niners, like I said, coming off of that big loss, I think they're going to bounce back in this one, as they normally do. And I think they're going to blow out Washington 30-7. to then we have the Carolina Panthers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now the Jaguars are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, it's looking, we don't know if Trevor Lawrence is playing this week. Um, that I don't think that really matters, though, at this point. With the Jaguars, they just have been falling apart towards the end of the season. And uh, they just, you know, they started off the season really strong and just beating the crap out of everybody and getting big wins. And now they just really are falling apart. The Panthers are one of the worst teams this year, but uh, they've actually been playing with heart. And um, even though they have, they don't have a lot of wins to show for it, they actually have been a difficult team for teams to get past. So whether Trevor Lawrence plays or not in this one, I think this is going to be a difficult game for the Jaguars, but I think they're the better team. They have a lot more to fight for because guess what? They're losing their grip on that uh, division as well. That Them... The Colts and the Texans are all tied for the division lead right now. So they need this win. So I think they'll get this win 20-17. to 17. Then we have the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Right now the Ravens are a three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, Miami's coming off of that win against Dallas. Um, I don't think they looked as good as uh, they think they are, but uh, that's okay. I think Dallas more just gave that game away than anything. Um, but the Ravens are coming off of one of the most dominating performances we have seen this season over a damn good team. Baltimore plays good at home, and uh, I just think they're the, the best team in the league in every way, shape, and form. And you can tell they're focused on Super Bowl. Even when they're asked questions, they don't focus on just, you know, MVPs. They don't focus on uh, how many wins they have. They just want to win a game at a time, but you could tell this team is poised to win a Super Bowl just in so many ways. And I just think they're a much better team than the Miami Dolphins. Miami struggles against really good defenses, and the Baltimore defense is tops in the league. They lead the league in sacks, so I expect Tua to be on his ass. Wouldn't be shocked if he turns the ball over a couple of times, and I have the Ravens winning big 30-21. to 21. 
Then we have the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Right now, the Texans are a four and a half point favorite. It's looking like CJ Stroud is going to come back this week. Um, Houston and Tennessee, they're both kind of the same team to me where they have their moments, but then you look at them and you're like, you're really not that good of a team. Now, Tennessee is out of the playoffs. Houston still has a shot at not only the playoffs, but the division or and or the wild card. So they're still in it as well. So they're getting C.J. Stroud back at least to, to try and make a playoff run here. Um, but the Titans, this is a division battle. And I don't think the Titans are just going to roll over and let Houston win this one. As a matter of fact, I feel like this is going to be an old school, hard nose, knock them down type of battle between two defenses. That's just kind of how I feel like this one's going to come down to it. I see the Stroud actually, you know, going for a game-winning uh, drive, setting Houston up for maybe uh, either a, a field goal or a game-winning touchdown. And I do have Houston winning a close one, 17-14. to 14. Then the late afternoon games, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, the Seahawks are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, last week, the Steelers actually showed that they could score some points, which was very shocking. Um, but that that's just that. I, I don't think they're going to come into Seattle and really do anything. As a matter of fact, Seattle so- has something to play for. They still have a shot at the playoffs, and even though the Steelers technically have a shot at the playoffs, come on now. Who really actually believes that they're going to make the playoffs? I don't. But... Um, I do think it's going to be a a close game. I do think it's going to be a defensive battle. But uh, like I said, I feel like Seattle, they've got a little bit more to play for. And uh, they seem to, they always play well at home. And Pittsburgh's just, they're just terrible offensively. And I don't look at last week and go, oh my God, week 17 is when the Steelers are finally going to get it going offensively. So I've got the Seahawks winning a close one, 23 to 17. Then we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Right now, the Broncos are a six and a half point favorite. Uh, this game is going to be without Russell Wilson. He is now officially the backup, and uh, Jarrett Stidham is going to be their starting quarterback. The Chargers—they're just a complete and utter mess. They're—they're um, they're on a new coach, interim coach, and uh, the Broncos do have something to play for. But obviously, this team is in a lot of turmoil. And um, they really need the win to stay in playoff contention. But I don't think it really matters whether they get the win or not. Um, I don't think they're making the playoffs. It's just too much drama going on with this team. And um, especially now that they've benched Russell Wilson, it's just a big deal. And uh, I do think they're going to get this win. I I think they're the better team over the Chargers. The Chargers are just terrible. Um, And and maybe this change at quarterback is going to provide them a little bit of a spark but I've got the Broncos winning this one, 24-14. Then we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now the Chiefs are an 8.5-point favorite. Usually this is a much more interesting matchup because the Bengals actually own the Chiefs. Whether the Chiefs go to Cincinnati or whether the Bengals are in Kansas City, the Bengals dominate Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That, That ain't no joke. Now, I know a lot of people look at it and go, well, it's Joe Burrow. And yeah, Joe Burrow is that dude. I'm not trying to take shit away from him. Joe Burrow is that dude. But this Cincinnati Bengals t- team is actually playing pretty well uh, with the backup quarterback. And uh, while, yeah, last week they had a terrible game, but overall, Browning has been able to manage this offense. They have a lot of offensive weapons. And I loved what I heard from Jamar Chase yesterday, who was asked in the locker room, because it looks like Chase is playing this week. Um, he was asked, uh, are there any defenders on the Kansas City Chiefs who really stand out to you? And he just, his response was, nobody. 
<laughs> and I love hearing that shit. And uh, that's actually what I like about the Bengals is they are not scared of the Chiefs. They've never been scared of the Chiefs. Um, so even though we don't have Burrow in this one, I think this is actually going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game because guess what? The Chiefs are not that good this year. Um, I think a lot of us have all been waiting, myself included, to see them finally, you know, turn the corner and be the old Chiefs that we're used to. But they aren't. They're terrible in the red zone. They turn the ball over way more than they used to. They can't score at will like they used to. The dropped passes are in, they're just on high. The penalties are just terrible. So the Chiefs are not that good this year. And I don't think anybody is really intimidated of them that much this year. And so I don't think the Bengals are intimidated. I would not be shocked if the Bengals actually win this game. Now, since the Chiefs are coming off of a pretty bad loss last week, I feel like they're going to regroup and uh, get the win in this one. But I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be an ugly game. And I have the Chiefs winning by a point, 21 to 20. But mark my words, I would not be surprised to see the Bengals win. And I was really, really, really close to picking the Bengals. But I just couldn't do it. My gut said Chiefs, so I went with Chiefs. But if I see the Bengals win this one, I will not be surprised in any way, shape, or form because they own the Chiefs. They are not scared of the Chiefs. And their defense, if they handle business and their offense is able to score like they can, the Bengals got this in the bag. Then Sunday night football is the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Right now the Vikings are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Vikings are starting yet another quarterback. Can't remember his name because they have been the, uh, the rotating quarterback game right now since Kirk Cousins injured himself a couple months ago. And it feels like every single week we have a new quarterback for them. And it doesn't matter who is that quarterback for them. They just aren't that good of a team. Uh, whereas the Packers, they've had their ups and downs this season. Right now, they've been kind of chugging along. But I think they're going to put it together in this one. And while, yes, it's a division battle and they both are in playoff contention, I just think the Packers are going to put together um, just a much better game. And I have the Packers winning this one 28-14. to now, moving on to um, something of hilarity that I actually started last week, and that is um, following this insane losing streak that the, Detro that the Detroit Pistons are on right now. And it continues, y'all. The uh, Detroit Pistons lost in hilarious fashion last night. Their 28th game in a row. That is an NBA record, by the way. They have lost 28 games in a row. 28 games. Wow. Um, and they did. I, I was, I, I was, because I think watching them lose is actually pretty hilarious to me. I hate the Pistons. Um, I'm a Lakers fan. And uh, I saw them kick my Lakers ass in the finals in 2004. And ever since that fucking moment, I have hated that goddamn team. Um, don't get me wrong. Respect a lot of their players from the past. But um, for me to see them on a 28 game losing streak is absolute hilarity to me. And, uh, I would love it if they just wouldn't win another game at all this season. That would actually be kind of hilarious, but I don't think that's going to happen. But anyways, they did take the Boston Celtics to overtime last night, which was hilarious because, you know, I hate the Boston Celtics way more than I hate the goddamn Detroit Pistons. You can bet, you can bet a motherfucker on that shit. I hate Boston. So I was actually, when I was kind of, when I was watching it, I was like, well, who do I want to win this one? I actually was kind of rooting for, for Detroit just because it would be hilarious if they broke their losing streak to the best one of the best teams in the league. 
Um, but anyways, uh, in true Detroit fashion, fashion, they had a huge lead last night. I think something like a 20-plus point lead. Um, Boston was able to rally back because Boston's a much better team than the, than the Pistons and uh, take it into overtime, and uh, they were able to get the win. But uh, Detroit Pistons, 28-game losing streak. How crazy is that? So... We'll see where we're at with them uh, next week uh, because, uh, like I said, I'm kind of hoping they just keep on losing, and I'm going to keep on keeping track of this until they eventually win. They'll probably, um, in true Lakers fashion, you know, since the Lakers uh, busted that Spurs losing streak of 18 games in a row, um, they were the lucky the lucky uh, recipients of that award. Maybe when they play the Pistons, that's when their losing streak will be broken because that's what the Lakers tend to fucking do this season. Anyways. Let's move on to uh, my top five list this week. Uh, since we are at uh, the end of the season, in, of, the, of the football season, and we have a bunch of teams in line to m- make it a playoff push right now, um, some teams who even just, like, who would have thought? The Chicago Bears are still in playoff contention. You know, at the beginning of the season, they had, like, what, one, two wins, and they were just a, a terrible-ass team. Who would have thought they'd still be in playoff contention? And, you know, if you make the playoffs, no matter what anybody says, anything can happen. And anything has happened. And uh, so uh, what I decided to do with my list this week is the Trap 5 late season playoff runs. Because we actually have had a few where it's like they've won the Super Bowl. Um, um, Number one was was extremely easy for me. We'll get to that, obviously, when we get to it. But... Right off the bat, that's who I was going with, number one, just because it was extremely shocking in every way, shape, and form. But uh, there's been some crazy playoff runs from some teams who uh, started out the season not too good or uh, they ended the season not too well, and then they just happened to make this playoff run, and all but one of these teams made it or won the Super Bowl. So... Let's see what we've got for the top five late season playoff runs, beginning with number five, the 1996 Jacksonville Jaguars. They won six out of their last seven games to end up going nine and seven and grab the number five seed in the AFC. And they they did it in crazy fashion as well because they also needed a team to lose to get into the playoffs. They needed the Atlanta Falcons to lose. And the Atlanta Falcons, I, I absolutely remember watching this game, as a matter of fact, and laughing my ass off because it ended how I love, when it's a team I hate or just don't give a shit about, I love seeing games in like this. And so um, we had uh, Morton Anderson, uh, kicker for the Atlanta Falcons at the time, one of literally the most legendary kickers ever. He barely ever missed. Well, this year um, for the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, he he missed the game-winning field goal and sent the Jacksonville Jaguars into playoffs. But I do remember watching Morton Anderson miss that field goal and just laughing my fucking fifth grade ass off at the time. So as you could tell, I've, I've really grown up since um, I, I still laugh at things like that because I am an asshole, a born asshole. But uh, anyways, this uh, excellent playoff run that the Jaguars went on. Now, this is the Jaguars' second season in the league. Um, so the fact that they even made the playoffs is is crazy. Uh, but they went on a huge playoff run and actually almost made it to the Super Bowl. So in the wild card round, they beat the Buffalo Bills 30-27 to in Buffalo in uh, shocking fashion. They would move on to the divisional round versus the number one seeded Denver Broncos. And I remember this season because I remember we all thought for sure 
The Denver Broncos were going to the Super Bowl, and John Elway was finally going to win his first Super Bowl ever. I mean, the Broncos dominated the season. I remember this shit like it was yesterday because me personally, I love John Elway. John Elway, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. So as a child, I actually did root for the Broncos unless they played the Cowboys, of course. But uh, they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-27. to They just pulled off a crazy win over the best team in the league in 1996. They would go on to the AFC Championship game and lose to the New England Patriots 20-6. to uh, By the way, Tom Brady not in the league yet. This was a Drew Bledsoe-led Patriots team with Bill Parcells at coach in which they would ultimately go on to the, uh, play the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers and the Packers would smash their asses and Brett Favre would win his uh, one and only Super Bowl of his career. But this was an amazing playoff run from the Jacksonville Jaguars because they went on that that late season run to just barely make the playoffs and uh, they beat some really good teams along the way. And that's why I say it doesn't matter what seed you get. It doesn't matter how you get into the playoffs. You just got to make it there. And once you do, all bets are off. It doesn't matter what the stats are. It doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter what happened if you, you faced this team earlier in the season. Absolutely zero matters once you hit the playoffs. I mean, look at what happened in baseball this year. None of us thought the Texas Rangers were going to fucking win the World Series, and they fucking won the World Series. They barely made the playoffs. They fucking had to go on the road the whole way through, and they kicked ass the whole way through. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. is like you just got to make the dance, and uh, once you do, it's all, it's all on you, and nothing else matters except the game in front of you. Um, and that Jacksonville Jaguars team, they took it. They took it to every single team, and uh, they did lose that uh, championship game to the Patriots, but uh, they uh, they made a very interesting playoff run in their second season in the league. Then at number four on my top five late-season playoff runs, the 2008 Arizona Cardinals. Now this team, this just goes to show you how terrible the uh, NFC West was this season because the Cardinals were able to win the division at 9-7. and seven. Yeah. So they they won the division, made the playoffs. Nobody expected this team to do shit. We all expected them to be one and done, out of here, boom, shakalaka, boom. Well, actually, what would happen here is uh, the great Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers I've ever watched in my entire life. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I've loved watching him play, and uh, that guy is absolutely a first ballot a Hall of Famer. But he went on one of the greatest tears a wide receiver ever would go on in this playoff run. I mean, he was why they would go all the fucking way to the Super Bowl. None of us thought this team was going anywhere. They they first faced off in the wild card round against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this Falcons team had Matt Ryan, and you know he was he was kind of starting to get going with the with the Falcons, and they were they were a, a pretty good team that year. They weren't dominating, dominating just yet, but uh, they were a pretty damn good team. Nobody expected them, them to beat them. Well, guess what? They won 30-24. to 24. They would move on to the divisional round against the Carolina Panthers, who also had a absolutely dominating season. Nobody thought this Cardinals team had a chance against the Carolina Panthers. Well, guess what? They stomped the Carolina Panthers 33-13. to 13. 
They would then move on to the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, a dominating Philadelphia Eagles team. Guess what? They would beat the Philadelphia Eagles 32-25, to and they would move on to their first Super Bowl in their uh, the, the franchise's history against the Pittsburgh Steelers and play literally one of the greatest Super Bowls ever of all time. And Larry Fitzgerald would play a huge part in this one. So, obviously, we end the first half with James Harrison and his fucking 99-yard interception all the way to the house, which completely changed the trajectory of the game. Then we go to the fourth quarter, and this motherfucker named Larry Fitzgerald has this amazing catch and run where he just takes off and the Cardinals have the lead. This team is about to win the Super Bowl. There's only like, I think, a minute 45 left for the Steelers to drive down the field. They have like 90-something yards to go. Well, my dude Ben Roethlisberger drives him down the field, and Santonio Holmes makes one of the most amazing catches in Super Bowl history to snatch the win from the Cardinals, 27-23. to But even though the Cardinals would lose, none of us expected them to get there. And like I said, this Larry Fitzgerald was he, he had a part in each and every game that they won along the way, but he had a huge part even in this loss that they had in the Super Bowl. But this team, 9-7, and seven, backed their way into the playoffs and made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Like I said, anything can happen. And at number three on my top five late-season playoff runs, the 2010 Green Bay Packers. They would go 10-6, and six, and back their way into the playoffs as the number six seed. They needed to not only win their last two, I think it was their last two games, uh, but they also needed other teams to lose, which lucky for them it did. Now, this is a Mike McCarthy coached team. This is why, to, to keep it real with y'all, I'm not worried about the Cowboys as a wild card team and having to overcome adversity on the road in the playoffs because Mike McCarthy has already won a Super Bowl doing it. And we're going to talk about it right now. So first of all, this team, of course, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, and uh, they did. They backed their way into the playoffs, but they made it, and that's all you had to do. So their wild card matchup was versus the Philadelphia Eagles. They would sneak by the Eagles in this one, 21-16. They would move on to the divisional round versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, once again, Matt Ryan, this was a duel at first in the first half of the game, uh, between Aaron Rodgers and uh, Matt Ryan, but Aaron Rodgers would literally have a perfect game. I think he only missed like two passes and went over went over 300 yards, had three or four touchdowns. It is one of his greatest performances of his entire career. They would smash the Falcons 48-21. to Then they would go to their division rival, Chicago Bears. And this was, I'm telling you, the Chicago Bears had home field advantage over the Packers in this one. This is how good they were. This is when they had Jay Cutler, and uh, this was a battle, actually, between the Packers and the Bears. Not none of this dominating uh, Packers shit. No, it was a battle. And the Packers would just get the win in this one, 21-14. And they would move on to the Super Bowl and absolutely smash the Pittsburgh Steelers 31 to 25. Now the score is close, 31 to 25, but the game was not close at all. I mean, the Packers, they had the the, the lead from the jump and never gave it back. The Steelers did try to make a, a little late game run, but it was too little, too late at the time. And the Packers would win 
they're win a Super Bowl, their second Super Bowl of the franchise under Mike McCarthy. And like I said, he knows how to win in these type of situations. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, I know everybody wants to hate on the Cowboys right now, and we can't win on the road, blah, blah, blah. But uh, that 2010 season is a blueprint for Mike McCarthy. And uh, I think we're, we're not backing our way into the playoffs, but um, we definitely have some similarities to this team. Uh, and by the way, this would be the... Uh, the first number six seed um, in the NFC to ever win the Super Bowl. Then at number two on my top five late season playoff runs, this is a personal favorite of mine. I remember this season like it was yesterday, and that is the 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers. The reason why I remember it was like it was yesterday because this team was so bad to start the season off. They were uh, five and five. At like the midway point of the season. And it's just looking like, oh my God, this team can't do shit. Well, then they would rattle off a five-game winning streak and uh, win their last, what, five out of six, something like that. Um, actually, they would win six, uh, six more games, and they would end up going 11, five, 11 and five on the season. So the record actually didn't look too bad, but they really had to rattle off a five-game winning streak to get in there, and they just got the number six seed in the playoffs. So they backed their asses into the playoffs and really nobody expected them to do a goddamn thing. Well, not only did they go on a five-game winning streak to end the season, but they would not lose ever again in this 2005 season. So they would go to the, uh, in the wild card card round, they went to their division rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals, and they stomped their ass to the curb. 31 to 17, wasn't even close. Um, And then they would move on to the division round against the number one seeded Indianapolis Colts. This was one of the most dominating Colts seasons ever. And it would end in heartbreaking fashion for them. As a matter of fact, the Steelers pretty much dominated this game from start to finish. Um, the, the Colts were actually really lucky it came down the way it did. Um, but basically, Jerome Bettis, he was the running back of the Steelers at the time, this was his last season. He said he was retiring, and so they were they were making this playoff run just for him because he had never won a Super Bowl, and the, this one's for the bus. Because if you don't remember, he was called the bus because he rode like a motherfucking bus. Um, but um, his thing was uh, goal line stands. It was like money. Well, um, on a goal line stand, Jerome Bettis would fumble the football, and it would float into the air. There goes the ball. Nick Harper of the Indianapolis Colts picks it up and starts running and starts running. And there is only one person left to make this tackle. His name is Big Ben Roethlisberger, making the biggest tackle of his entire fucking career. He just grabs Harper's uh, shoelaces, gets him knocked down. They're in field goal position. And you know, uh, this is Nick Vanderjack. Uh, was the uh, Colts court or uh, kicker at the time, and he was money. He he usually did not miss. Well, he would miss the field goal, and the Pittsburgh Steelers would go on to beat the Indianapolis Colts twenty-one to eighteen. They would go on to the AFC Championship game, in which they would just smash the Denver Broncos thirty-four to seventeen. Then they moved on to the Super Bowl versus the Seattle Seahawks. They became the first number six seed to make it to the Super Bowl, and then they became the first number six seed to win the Super Bowl. They beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-10. It was pretty much a dominating game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
but I just remember this season. It was one of the craziest years uh, just to see their, them go on this run. And like I said, the Colts were dominating. Everybody thought they were winning the Super Bowl, and nope, yet again, the Colts would choke in the playoffs. Now at number one of my top five late-season playoff runs, like I said, there was no question for me on this one, and that's because of the way it ended the 2007 New York Giants. Now, you know what pains me to even give credit to any team I hate. And you know, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I hate the New York Giants. I don't want to give them credit for shit. But this season, they get all the credit. First of all, they were uh, they started off the beginning of the season very rocky. Very, very rocky. And uh, they went 10-6 and six and, and grabbed the number five seed in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, one thing I remember about this season. <laughs> oh, man, it was the 2007 season, and the Cowboys were the best fucking team in the league. We were all riding high. We all thought we were going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we thought. We thought. Anyways, we'll get there when we fucking get there. But the Giants would, uh, you know, grab one of these last little playoff spots here, go into the wild card round versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nobody's really expecting the Giants to do a goddamn thing. Well, the Giants would actually dominate the Buccaneers 24-14 and move on to the divisional round against <laughs> my Dallas Cowboys, um, who... who absolutely dominated the Giants in both matchups in the regular season. So all us Cowboys fans were sitting pretty because we're the number one seed and our little Giants are coming into our house and we, they, they couldn't do shit against us all season long. Well, that piece of crap Tony Romo who haunts my fucking nightmares at this point in my life threw like 900 interceptions. It was just one of those games I just remember and I like to fucking forget. And it was too little too late for the Cowboys because it actually sounds like a close score. It was 21 to 17 Giants. But uh no, it was way too little too late. It was also there was also a bad play where uh Patrick Creighton, who was one of our receivers at the time, uh we could have had a first down. He dropped the pass, but everybody likes to blame Pat Patrick Creighton for it. No, Tony Romo and his 956 interceptions in this fucking game are what the goddamn problem was. Not fucking Patrick Creighton is one dropped pass. God damn it. And don't, don't get me wrong. I was pissed off about that drop pass because we were driving. We had everything going for us. But you know what would have happened? Y'all know what would have happened. We would have gotten to the red zone and Tony Romo would have fucking thrown an interception right then and there. And the Giants would have ran it back for a pick six. And y'all know it. So don't act like we were winning the Super Bowl that year. But uh, and we didn't. We didn't. You know why? Because the Giants would go on to win 21-17. And they would go on to the NFC Championship game versus the Green Bay Packers. Now I know the Super Bowl, because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, uh, spoiler alert, the, the Giants would move on to the Super Bowl in this one. And I know the Super Bowl was epic, and uh, once we get there, we'll get there. But the game on this playoff run, to me, was this NFC Championship game versus the Giants in Green Bay against Brett Favre. And this Packers team was stacked. They were good. There was no fucking way any of us thought the Giants had a shot in this one. And their defense took it to them. And not only did their defense take it to them, but their offense stepped it up. As much as I fucking hate Eli Manning and that dumb, idiotic look on his face that he 
just was born with. That dude can step it up in the playoffs, and he fucking stepped it up in this game. And one of the best plays of the game is in overtime. When Brett Favre throws the interception, and uh, the Giants are able to set themselves up right in, in uh, field goal range and get the win, 23-20 to in Green Bay. And it was one of the, this is in December, it was one of those ice bowl games. It was one of those where you could see their breath just whoosh, like they're smoking a big old fucking cigar. That's what it looked like outside. The, the, the frozen tundra was legit that night in Green Bay. And, and this was peak Favre, too. Favre had a great season, and uh, there was just no way that the Giants were going to go into Green Bay and get the win. Well, they did in amazing fashion. And to me personally, that is one of my favorite playoff games I've ever watched in my life. And I'm, the Giants won. The Giants won, and I'm giving them credit, and that's one of my favorite games of all time. No lie. Love that game. But they would go on to the Super Bowl versus the undefeated New England Patriots. We all remember this Patriots team. They were undefeated for a reason. They smashed everybody. Randy Moss and Tom Brady were so unstoppable. It was boom, 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 boom. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. This team was a smash mouth team there was no way this New York Giants team was going to do shit oh just kidding they did they did what they needed to do this defense absolutely had Tom Brady running for his motherfucking life they didn't allow this New England Patriots team to do a damn thing on them Eli Manning made one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history to get out of a sack just bomb this this pass up and boom, David Tyree would make one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history for a first down. Then, next play, fucking Eli would go right to Plaxico Burris, who would score the game-winning touchdown for the New York Giants to beat the undefeated New England Patriots 17-14, and they would suffer their one and only loss to a team nobody thought had a chance. In the wild card round, the divisional round, the championship, and the Super Bowl. There wasn't one time except New York Giants fans who believed in them, and they smashed it. They smashed it and did it in amazing fashion, beat some good-ass teams along the way, and woo. I didn't even have to think about that shit when I put them number one. I looked at the list of those the teams who did, and I was like, boom, boom. 2007 Giants has to be. Took out the undefeated New England Patriots. So... That is my top five for today. Um, enjoy the amazing weekend of sports that we have coming up upon us. We have tons of pro football. We have college football galore. We have basketball. Psh, great fucking time to be a sports fan. So enjoy the weekend of sports, y'all. And I will talk to you fools on Monday. <laughs>